Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hey, Matt. What's going on, man? I'm just feeling super today. I'm feeling super about our guest. I figured we really needed to bring some true professionals in here to discuss the Super Bowl. I'm feeling like a champion. I know. So you know what? Well, we have returning with us or to us. Or for us, how is it? Bob Fesco from 610 AM Sports, radio personality extraordinaire. Thank you for having me. This yes. is awesome. This is a great setup compared to a couple of years ago. <laughs> I like the, uh, the the Voltron we got down here yes. at the other end. So that's awesome. Yeah, I forgot about Voltron. So Bob was here uh, talking about what it's like to be in the business of being a radio guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to again point out that you had one of the better stories that we've still ever heard about driving two and a half hours <clears throat> to earn $10. Oh, I told that story the other day, actually. I tell that story to anybody who will listen. <laughs> so just get, just getting started as a radio personality. Go back. It's uh, somewhere before episode 50. Why do I know that? Because the last time you were here was when Startup Hustle was still recorded with us holding hands, kumbaya style, and a circle around one microphone. It was very romantic back then. This is kind of like all professional now. <laughs> we all got our own microphone and camera and everything. Can't hold hands anymore. No. And he was like, you have a guy here now. I was like, yeah, two of them. Yeah. They like help. They hit, They do a lot of stuff. You must be doing well now that you can have paid employees. No, we just, it's all an illusion. Uh-huh. It's all an illusion. So, well, Bob, you you're you host a morning radio show here in Kansas City, which I thoroughly enjoy. And um, we figured that you would be, well, you were of all people we know that are probably the most informed about the Super Bowl and the economics and the effects that it have on markets. Uh, it's probably you. Well, thank you. I mean, you don't know many people, I guess. No, no, you're, no. Well, I'm going to guess you haven't talked about anything else except the Super Bowl you know, for the last it, three weeks. It's different this time around because we were there. This was the first mm-hmm. time. I've, I've been to a lot of Super Bowls before, but this is the first time we actually had our team there yeah. in the yeah. Super Bowl. So some of the things you talk about in years past, you're not talking about because nobody cares about that kind of stuff. Like what kind of economic impact it had on the Miami. Parade. Well, yeah, a lot of people didn't care about that. Yeah. People care about who's going to win the game. Who fell out of a tree game? at the parade. That was fantastic. That guy, why, <laughs> why, why did he have his pants down? Though? And nobody can answer that question. The last time I climbed the tree, I kept my trousers on. But, but why, well, I was about to ask, why don't you have your pants down? Because I'm climbing a tree, I don't want to scrape my butt. No, but here at <laughs> but here at Startup Hustle, pants are optional. Oh, good. I like yeah. that. That's a good. That's a good yeah. working environment. Yeah. If, if, are so, you hiring? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, probably because the other because oh our guy probably just quit learning about that part of. <laughs> that's right. So you, if you want to see if we're wearing pants or not, make sure you go to the Startup Hustle YouTube channel. <laughs> Check it out. That, that by the way does only show us from the waist up. You'll be in for a surprise. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Oh, so yeah. I think when it comes to the impact that the Super Bowl has on local economies or economies in general, why don't we just start with yours? Like you, so you host the six ten a.m. It's Fesco in the morning. That's right, and uh, it's a drive morning drive time show. Mm-hmm. You have what four hours? Yeah, four hours, oh six to God. ten every morning. Yeah. 
Well, we're glad you could make it here. I know. Thanks. Today was actually a perfect day. We were out of the office on remote. I'm like, perfect. 1030 works. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. Well, we schedule all of our, all of our recordings around the hopefulness that you'll be able to make it after work. Sure, so yeah. I'm glad that worked out. Perfect. I would imagine that in your situation, this is... All right. So the other night, I talked to a friend of mine who works for a local beverage distributor mm-hmm. who told me that they were up significantly over any other prior period. And it had everything to do with people watching Chiefs football downtown. They were, it's a, you know, delivering more beer, liquor, wine. I mean, just people doing a whole lot of stuff. Um, you look back at the Royals in 2014 and 2015. There were some noticeable businesses that seemed to benefit from that. But as a, at the radio station, is is listenership up? No, is listenership's that- huge. It's it, it it's as big as it ever was. I mean, it's really just like it was in 14 and 15 with the Royals. The listenership is up. You know, advertising sponsorships are up. Everybody wants to be part of where the party is, and and the party's been with the Kansas City Chiefs in 14 and 15 it was with the Kansas City Royals and in in 10 days or so on the on the 15th of February we become the home of the Kansas City Chiefs and the Kansas City Royals and True. so we've got both of the uh, organizations in our building at the same time which has never happened before in Kansas oh, City so. you're, the Royals are switching to 610 Royals have always been on 610 oh they have this yeah. shows you how much sorry <laughs> I've been listening for years where have you been paying attention <laughs> I don't to know I, you know I always well, what, what apparently exactly is 610 uh, the, the, the Chiefs are going to be moving into our building and they're going to be on 106.5 The Wolf. That's where their games are going to be aired. Oh, they're not going to be 101 on no, that? No, that, that's done. And wow. Are- that's, that's why I was asking. Sorry. And, and, uh, yeah, I do listen to the Royals on 610. I did not I know that. Yeah. It's, it's been that way for years. Yeah. Well, you're over in Cebu all the time or wherever nah, you're traveling to. Uh, so you're always on the road. But we, we've we got the, 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 the Royals have been on 610 forever in a day. And and we're going to be the the kind of the, the broadcast partner for the Chiefs. I mean, okay. like, so coaches shows, you've got the Kingdom show, player shows, all of that kind of stuff. Is going to be on six ten, okay. but the games themselves will be on one zero six five. The Wolf, which kind of makes a lot of sense. The Wolf, KC Wolf, you know. All right, I like it. So okay. there you like go. So I that, have not heard that. Yeah, so uh, it, it starts on the fifteenth of February. So we're real excited about that. Great time to get involved and become a partner with the Kansas City Chiefs and a partner with the Kansas City Royals. So if you're looking for sports, six ten is is, yeah. is where you need to be. I mean, there's just no other place in town. Well, it is six ten sports. That's right. right. Six ten. That sports would make radio. sense. It makes it, a lot of it, sense. I'll tell you what. By the end of this episode, it will have all come together for me. You'll actually be able to go from a to b and yeah, uh, equal yeah, c right yeah. good for I, you i've been feeling it's been about 200 episodes since you've been here and i've spent a lot of time trying to put it together bob i appreciate you helping me do that uh, i like the cameras and the microphones so, you're so, gonna start so uh, okay so right there in front of your in front of you daily an impact it, it, an impact yeah, yeah a huge okay. impact i mean when, when sports teams win they generate excitement for the town there's nothing else that brings people together in the world I mean, nothing else that brings people together in the world like sports does it doesn't matter your class it doesn't matter your race it doesn't matter anything when you're a kansas city and the chiefs are winning it brings everybody together and everybody Some, bonds somebody uh posted something online that said that kansas city is the only city major city in the United States has had three different professional championships in the last five years because mm-hmm. sporting also won MLS. Yeah, the sporting, I, I think it's actually seven years because I think it was 2013. 2013. Yeah. Seven yeah. years. Sporting really got the ball rolling for right. all of this. I think when they won, I think the Royals and Chiefs all looked over at sporting and went, man, they're having themselves a party. Let's yeah. see if we can get in on this. And I don't think the they Royals, had a parade though. I, I don't remember what they <laughs> I did. Think so. I don't think they did either, but then the you, Royals You, you did mentioned it. that though. That is, I bet attendance wise, that's the, of the percentage of the venue that's full every game. That's the one. Well, maybe the Chiefs last year. Chiefs were I think the, sold the out. Chiefs were like ninety six percent capacity this past year, which is yeah. still a pretty good number. That stadium well, is too huge, big. It's huge. Well, too they big. know that too. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. but but with that, um, they, trust me, they'll they'll be a hundred percent next year. 
view. Yeah, but I still think the NFL is such a great TV product, yeah. and people realize you have to invest like eight hours a day to go out there. But obviously, ticket sales will see a huge spike. People oh, yeah. want to go watch Mahomes. Ticket, ticket prices for especially like good tickets yeah. will go way up. Absolutely. So the, the teams have figured out how to monetize that better. Uh, you know, I used to be in the ticket business. Now, 20 years ago, as you remember, Bob, yeah. the, and pretty much anything, whether it was a concert or a football game, they weren't very good at pricing their inventory. So everything was like $69 or $29 or whatever. Well, the, the Chiefs, the NFL, baseball have embraced dynamic pricing mm-hmm. and they raised the price. So I bought tickets for the AFC championship. I g- technically got them from the quote box office, which is still Ticketmaster, but they weren't resale tickets. I paid 700 bucks a ticket to sit behind the Chiefs bench. Wow. Now, the now theoretically, the season ticket holder face value on those was probably 300 bucks a ticket, maybe mm-hmm. a little more. But yeah. they're but they're they marked them up. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But the up. thing, well, because if they didn't, uh, a scalper would have was going to buy it yeah. and then and then capitalize on that market inefficiency. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that said, you know, you look at the at the boom time for the for the teams now locally for the team, and I know you don't have direct line to this stuff. I would imagine that at Arrowhead in the Chiefs office, there's someone selling sponsorships and everything else that is probably just like ringing a cash register like all day. Well, and I think it's more inbound than outbound phone calls at this point in time. Right, you know, right. You're coming off the Super Bowl, the World Series. People are calling you. You don't have to worry about well, calling and, them. And Patrick Mahomes. Himself. And Mahomes has been huge, yeah, huge. Yeah. He's the best athlete in America right now and he's the best athlete we've ever seen in Kansas City. And even without them winning that Super Bowl, just the fact that he came in has really increased their I thought it was sales. Lamar Jackson who was the future of the NFL. Not, uh, not anymore. He's a quitter. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So coupling a true, you know, when you're seeing Mahomes on State Farm commercials with Aaron Rodgers and he's become a national commodity, how do you, what, how do you think that affects Kansas City? Because we're, you know, we're like the 25th biggest media market that I travel overseas and people are like, oh, Kansas City, are there cowboys there? Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, we're like a city. We have cars and buildings and Well, I, I think stuff. it's 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 all great exposure for our town. I mean, I, I talk to Mayor Lucas on the show every Monday and we talk a lot about some of this stuff. Like, what does it mean for Kansas City? It means you get to see Kansas City in a different light. Like, mm-hmm. as you say, it's not just people overseas that think they're a cowboy. Yeah, yeah. Here, there's people in New York that think there are cowboys here. Flyover country. So, you know, people don't know what it's all about. And the more you win in sports, sports much like for a university, it's the front door to your city. People start to see more and more about your town and what the town has to offer. And they see the games on TV and and people are like, man, maybe I want to relocate a business here. Maybe I want to move there. Maybe I want to see what Kansas City is all about. And people come in here and they experience Kansas City. And and I think that the, the success of the Royals and the success of the Chiefs right now has really helped Kansas City grow and really helped its 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 image. You know, yeah. nationally and internationally. I, by the way, I, I want to take a second to talk about that image part. Um, it, it mentioning the size of our media market, one of the things that's a hot topic in our world in startup and tech is, you know, people, there's a perception that people leave Kansas City and they move to Silicon Valley or maybe even just Austin or Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people come to Kansas City and I talk to them and they're like, yeah, I've never been here. I'm like, what do you think? They're like, this is not what I expected. Right. Like, this is way cooler. And there's a lot of stuff going on and a lot of stuff like that, that the brand recognition seems to have come up a little bit. I think the Royals kind of kickstarted they that did. Uh, a lot of ways. And I think the Chiefs are, are following up with that. Now, let's talk a little bit about the local stuff. Well, le- nationally, um, over the last few years, uh, viewership on the Super Bowl had been in decline. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I feel that some of that might be for the fact that the Patriots were in it like a hundred years in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that? No, that's true. There, there's what they call Patriot fatigue yeah. is what a lot of people have termed it. And, and you get sick and tired of watching a non-likable team over yeah. and over and over and over again. And you know, most people look at the Patriots and, and we're all jealous of the success, but you also look at them and go, well, these guys cheated. So you can never get that out of your, out of your mind that they cheated. And they're just not likable. Like I, I think the Chiefs are likable. People sure. like Andy Reid. People like Patrick Mahomes. They haven't cheated or done anything like that that could rub people the wrong way. And I think people were so excited to see two, for the most part, two new teams there in the Super Bowl. 49ers been there about seven years ago, 2012, whatever it was, eight years ago. But it just it was it's still kind of a new team for everybody. New quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo and new coach and Kyle Shanahan and you know, just a fun kind of defensive team to watch. And then you got the Kansas City yeah. Chiefs with the best player in the NFL and Andy Reid, who hasn't won a Super Bowl, you know, up until Sunday, getting that Super Bowl championship. I, I just think the Kansas City Chiefs were what the NFL needed at this time. I, I don't disagree with that. And I think that even just to just break up that Patriots dynasty. Well, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. the, and the NFL needs superstars. Yeah, you do. The, Absolutely. I mean, in any kind of sport, people tune in to watch the yeah. superstars. Sure, and they also sure. turn in for villains, too. So you yes. still need the Patriots to be that villain, yeah. you know, of the NFL because Baseball has the Yankees. The NFL has the New England Patriots. I think college basketball has Duke and Kansas and, you know, schools like that. Like you need the villain out there in everything that you do because you always want to have somebody that everybody hates because you will hate watch. Yeah, absolutely. But I think you will not like get tired of watching. You'll get tired of watching the Patriots, especially the way that they won it last year, beating the Chiefs here at Arrowhead. Nobody wanted to see that. Just like the NBA needs Steph Curry. Yeah. Golden State. In the previous Kobe Bryant. Yep you know, who, who is mm-hmm. no longer with us and needs those big names. Yeah, you do. And you need them. You they absolutely. carry the league. They absolutely do. Patrick Mahomes is going to carry this league. He's the most important player in the NFL right now. So with that, this year's Super Bowl, we had it, it upticked. Um, I, it wasn't huge, but it was like 3%. But considering there's 100 million people watching, that's three more mil- three million more. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, according to the notes that our guy – put together for us um 148.5 million people watched at least part of the game mm-hmm. that's almost half the country yeah how do you only watch part of the super bowl though <clears throat> i well and especially this last one yeah and was it only know. united states though yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it was I the mean, most watched game in canada most watched super bowl ever in canada does internationally Boom. does the nfl get much play internationally oh god yeah they're trying to expand that i mean they're trying to but yeah I, and i wonder how how the viewership compares to other international events. I've heard people like the tell the World Cup and things like that. I, I don't know that it compares to that. I, I still think because the World Cup is just still the World yeah. Cup. It's once every four years and soccer is still the king of the world, except in America when yeah. it comes to the sports. But I, I heard somebody talk about the watching the Super Bowl internationally because like in London, it's on like, you know, six o'clock in the morning or right. something like that. Right. Yep. A lot of people will stay up and watch that Super Bowl in the morning and right. then skip that day of work because they want to see the game. So it becomes kind of a holiday everywhere, I think. Uh, we learned a fact uh, since the last time you were here it, that the eSports World Championship actually gets more viewership than the Super Bowl. Are you kidding? No. <laughs> Why do you want to watch somebody else play video games? I don't know, but they do. I but was found do. that boring as a kid watching, yeah. you know, when you were out and you know, like two other guys were playing or something like My that. My kids love to do it. It's I know. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's crazy. I, it, I, we're old and don't get it, but, you know, those those young kids do. Yeah. Now, locally here in Kansas City, 97% of Kansas City TVs were tuned into the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter. That 3% should be forced <clears throat> to live in St. Louis where they don't like the NFL. <laughs> 
Maybe. I, so I use Hulu at home for streaming and I was trying to turn it on on every TV in the house. And I actually got like, I hit the limit of like, I couldn't stream that many at a time. Yeah. Cause I don't normally have all my TVs on at the same time. But was, I had that, a party was that cause you were running? Oh, okay. I, I was going to say, or were you just running yeah, around? I hit the like, limit on the streaming. Time. I couldn't, I couldn't get it going enough times. So we were talking a little bit about the economics now from an advertising perspective. I mean, that's really the, the super part of the mm-hmm. Super Bowl for a lot of people. Obviously, there are people that legitimately just want to watch um, this, the ads. So, you know, that being said, uh, it was five point six million dollars for a 30 second ad. And I mean, man, that's a lot. It's a lot. So it's $600,000 a second. It's a lot of dough. You're you're seeing how many people it's reaching, though. And people are actually, that's a captive audience. Sports is like, to me, the last place that you can truly advertise to a captive audience. Because, you know, if you're watching, let's say, Dr. Pimple Popper, as we talked about, which is one of the programs that people were watching instead of the Super Bowl in Kansas City. If you were watching that, Chances are you were watching that on DVR, right? You watch a lot of your shows on DVR. Yes. You, you'll fast forward through the commercials. They're not getting their bang for their buck. But when it comes to sports and when it comes to watching a game, 90% of people probably are watching that game live. Yep. So you can't fast forward through those commercials. So you've got a captive audience. And especially at the Super Bowl, where the, the Super Bowl is America's holiday. Guys want to watch the game. Gals want to watch the commercials and the halftime show. It truly touches everybody out there. And so you can get that kind of money for a 30-second ad because everybody's paying attention to those ads because they want to be able to go to the office on Monday and say, did you see the Pepsi commercial or did you see the Doritos commercial or did you see the Budweiser commercial? People want to be able to talk about things, and the commercials have become a huge talking point for people on the day after the Super Bowl. Okay, so which commercial was your favorite? Didn't watch one of them. I was in a car watching the game, didn't see them. I mean, it was a different watching experience for me. Usually I'm at home and I'm taking notes on the commercials because it's not our teams. Commercials came. I step outside for a second, take a deep breath, kind of get your nerves back in order, go to the bathroom. Like I actually watched it as a normal football game this year. So to ask me which commercial was best, I don't know, but I'm sure the rest of the country can probably pick it out. You know, I, I did. Did you have a favorite commercial? My favorite was the one with uh, Ellen and uh, Alexa and all the things that you would have to do without Alexa. Oh, and that I thought that one was just awesome. She's awesome amazing. too. I love it. I one. didn't remember a whole lot of them. I mean, the actually the one I would say was probably more memorable. There was a Google commercial, and that was because my dad was like really touched by it. Um, but it was mentioning like you know remembering. Now my mom has dementia, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that I think that that touched part you know like he that really kind of struck home and yeah. at one point when that came on i was kind of like looking over at him i was like are you all right you know you're doing, we're doing okay here and there, so. there was another really cool one i think it was right when the game started they had these uh little kids and it looked like a commercial like they were going to play football or whatever and then those kids actually oh, ran, ran out, out on the yeah. field that, okay that was that was cool. that was but awesome. i don't know what that was for it just nfl 100 oh, okay yeah, it was just celebrating the 100 years of the NFL. But it looked like a commercial. And the next thing you know, this kid's like actually running on the field. Like, and I think, oh, wow, did he cool. deliver the game ball yeah, at that I point? Yeah, delivered the game yeah. ball. I thought that was really That good. was a good one. Okay, so in regards to advertising, um, 80% of ads fail their chance uh, to form com- consumer opinions about brands. Um, I don't know. Fail to change the consumer Fail to opinion. change, okay. There's a little typo in my notes. Hmm. Um, 10% remember the ad and know the brand being advertised. See, there you go. 10%. That's a small number. Huh? It is. But I guess if you have 100 million people that are watching, mm-hmm. 
10 million people is not that bad, but yeah, that sounds like a small number. That doesn't sound like it's highly effective. I, I, I don't, I don't know enough to think that it is. I think with advertising, what works most is the repetitive nature of something. Over yeah. Oh and yeah. Over, sure. Over Building again. brand recognition. Yeah. I mean, you, you got is that people- why I remember the masked singer. Probably because yes. I saw like nine ads for that, which, by the way, my wife has like binge watched season one, season two, and is probably halfway through season three. I got through the first episode, really loved it in season one. I started episode two. I'm like, I'm out. Watson built a robot that has been submitting your name for season four over cool. and over again. So you're going to I want to see you out there. I'll, be, I'll yeah. do it if, if what, they want. Me are you going to gonna dress like the KC Wolf? Yeah, that would be kind of cool. Absolutely, yes. yeah, yeah. I would do that. Hundred yeah. percent, I'm in on that. Okay, I like that. I right. should do a whole uh, episode of that of sports mascots. That would be fun, but what? they're not allowed to talk. That's the Wait only a problem. So what? <laughs> that's much like uh, here. We have our money guns because uh-huh. you know every every good audio program needs visual props. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Don't you? I'm sure you we have do a, it all the time. We have visual yeah. props. Actually, yeah. Bob, this is the thing that you're going to find the most impressive. Ready? Yeah. That's great. I like that. That's all we got. That's good. (laughs) Simple is best. It's all. (laughs) If you want to put. That's how high tech we are. (laughs) If you want to put in your notice at the station now, I get it. If you want to just come join us. work with that drop. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I'm good. That's the whole whole Foley lineup. All right. So now we've talked some about the national audience, local viewers, advertisement. Let's talk a little bit about the city that hosts the Super Bowl. So it's usually one of a few cities. Mm-hmm. Um, so Miami was this year's. Now I've been to that stadium. Have you? Have you also been to that stadium? I went when KU played there in the Orange Bowl okay. back in '08, but it was a different stadium then. It was a lot bigger. It was a lot um, uh, emptier, <laughs> um, but it was a lot bigger back then. They've shaved a lot of seats off the top of that stadium and done a nice job of renovating it to make it more of an intimate venue. And I think that's the way we're headed in sports. I think Arrowhead, when they move to the new stadium, they need to lop 10,000 seats at minimum off of off of that stadium because I think you want a more intimate environment, charge more money, make it more of a premium ticket than what we have right now because there are still a lot of unsold seats out there. But I think with, with Miami, with the way that they did that stadium, is perfect for the Dolphins. But for a Super Bowl, I think it's too small. Small for a Super Bowl now. How, how big? That's seventy thousand. I think it's sixty five thousand now. Sixty six thousand. Okay. Yeah. So you, now talking even just on the host city revenue, the, the the Super Bowl finally got was smart enough to raise the face value of their tickets. Yeah, right? When I so I used to live in Indianapolis, and when I was there, the Super that was the, I was there the year the Super Bowl was there, which the Patriots were in, by the way. Yeah, Giants. Which you, you want to talk about how shitty for Indianapolis hosting a Super Bowl, which, oh, it's the, gotta, which, oh, which yeah. the Patriots were in and then, and then advertisers blindly buy billboards and stuff. So like I would drive downtown and like, I'd pass like three Tom Brady billboards. I'm like, you're picking the, this is not good advertising. Oh, here. No. If there's one place they hate Tom Brady, it is certainly. Sure. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's kind of like I, my dislike for John Elway. Um, I'm sure he's a nice guy. So you talk about the, the tickets, you know, the face value of, 2000 2500 bucks times $65,000, That's a hell of a gate. Yeah, it really is. And then you think about all the resale tickets because you couldn't yeah. find a ticket for under $5,000. Yeah, right. This was the first Super Bowl I can remember where prices didn't move. Like right. Usually by midweek, they start dropping. They, you go, start down, they go down quite a bit. And then by the time game day rolls around, they're pennies on the dollar that people are just trying to get rid of yeah. their tickets. That wasn't the case. Well, but, Kansas City fans really travel. Oh, my God. Like th- th- There were so many fans down there that didn't go to the game that were just hanging out at bars or just wanting to be part of the environment, part of the atmosphere, because I think they all kind of thought 
the way that we did right now. Oh, by the time Wednesday rolls around, the ticket will start to tank and we'll be able to get it. That never happened. And because you've got a team that hadn't been there in 50 years and you got the Silicon Valley money coming in from San Francisco. It's right. a big money Super Bowl and people were willing to we pay those saw prices. That. We saw that with the Royals. You talk yeah. about the big money. So um, we, I, I've mentioned before that we, I used to own a, I was a ticket broker. We owned a ticket business and we were very much in business in 14 and 15 with the Royals. Um, 14 was a huge windfall for us. Mm -hmm. And some of the seats that we had, by the way, no one was a season ticket holder that year because the Royals sucked. Right. So, but we were. And so therefore there weren't a whole lot of secondary seats available that were good. Well, we went to one game and we sat in seats where we had technically eight. So like four and four in two different rows. So we knew the people that were directly behind us had paid $3,000 a ticket. And we turned around and we were just talking to him a little bit. We didn't, weren't like, Hey, thanks. Yeah, but right, yeah. We're talking to him and they were with the ownership group of the San Francisco giants. Oh, oh wow. Wow. Yeah. Like literally like two, two men and their wives and they both were like, and they weren't like the main owners, but, but they still, they couldn't find tickets another way. No, they had to buy them. Because they brought a lot of people with them. So they did. They did. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, you know, that has a lot to do with it. Now, you mentioned the Super Bowl price. So I had a lot of people reach out to me this week just casually, like, so these tickets are like 5500 bucks a piece. Do you think they'll go down? And I was telling people, I was like, almost certainly. You can just about count. And then they didn't. Right. Well, so it, I again, it was different. Now, I haven't been in that business for a long time. But yeah, typically in, in the secondary prices of any event, have a, go through an extreme dip. At some point well, prior to the, now they did for a couple of days. For, for Wednesday, they yeah. kind of then all of a sudden it shot do, right well, back do you, up. Do you want to know why people started buying them? No, no, it's actually not the case because at StubHub there's a cutoff that at which point you have to actually have your tickets in the hands of their last minute services. So that was it. I'm willing to. I would bet a significant amount that that was related to that. So you're holding the tickets locally. And if you, you, if you don't have them in their quote LMS last minute services hands, they take your listing off. Oh. So a lot of people probably were like, fuck it. And they drop the prices a little bit, ship directly to sellers. And Wednesday's a good day for that. Cause typically that's a two day delivery. They'd have to be there by Friday. There were probably a bunch of ticket brokers that lost money on the Super Bowl because the prices didn't go down. Cause, cause they, they shorted them. They yeah. would have sold, like yep. they would have sold you tickets for yep. five grand yep. expecting later to be able yep. to buy them for 3000, like two days it's before common and then, and then yeah. give them to you, but they couldn't actually end up sourcing them at a lower Matt price. Matt used later. to work at a ticket brokerage. It's actually how we first became friends. Cause we were talking about both the, but just our history with that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so there's a lot of uh, the, what he's talking about is is short selling. So people will take ticket brokers will take orders like mm -hmm. Matt mentioned, and they know like you just kind of get they an still idea. Source it. Now sometimes that blows up in your face. Like I you'll take orders for tickets you don't actually have yes. in your possession. Yes, yeah, yes. You know you can find them. Theoretically, you're in the business of finding people what they want. That's on, so at least some some brokers are now. Uh, Probably eight, seven or eight years ago, I can't remember. I think it was uh, it was or Oregon played another team in Glendale down in Arizona in the mm -hmm. national championship game. And there were multiple ticket brokers that went out of business because of that. Cause they shorted tickets. Like you look at like the lower corner of the end zone and they were taking orders for like 1200 bucks. What had happened was one seller 
had had busted a significant amount of orders. So StubHub immediately fills those with existing stuff, and the prices shot up. I mean, like it was like thirty five hundred bucks a ticket at one point. So they were they they hold you to those results. So you're paying one way or the other. And I knew people that were down in Glendale with like literally tens of thousands of dollars in hand, trying to find people selling tickets so they could fulfill these orders. A couple a couple people I know like that was it. That was they were done. So there's a, there's some, wow. there's a risk mitigation. Yeah. And then, and then another thing that people don't realize is sometimes, all right. So you look at, you look at having like, so for the Royals in 2015, uh, they won uh, game five in New York, mm-hmm. which meant that as a local ticket broker, I did not get to sell tickets for game six yes. or seven. Yep, correct. Yep, yep. Now, and by the way, that probably cost me about $250,000 in un, unrealized profits. Right, so you would have bet against the Royals. Well, no, you so, wanted them to lose that game. So, well, what it, what sometimes occurs then is that uh, literally a ticket broker will go wager. Yeah, you'll go I hedge. Saw that too. You'll go. Pay, you'll bet against the team. You'll literally go bet against. Like I and I didn't do that. Yeah, but if I wanted to make sure I won one way or the other, I could have gone and bet fifty grand. I did see that when I worked in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just the only way you can do it. Now, here's the problem is uh, you. Okay. First off, you got to get that cash to Vegas. I don't no, just do, don't. I carried. Now. I yeah. carried that cash to Vegas once. I've heard stories from ticket brokers on a plane. that actually carried cash on I the plane it. to fly to buy tickets, and then just flew home with the tickets. But they had to have cash back in like the nineties. I, I like hid the cash at one point and did this trip. How did how did you get that kind of like? You're not supposed to carry that much cash to an airport, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's I was part of that smuggle one. Now, back in the nineties, that probably wasn't that big a deal, though. You know, but if you're talking after post 9-11, it was probably a little bit different. It was just so, well, but, and so this was in 2014, well past yeah. that. And like the thing was, is some, I mean, I, I didn't really even consider it. I've never been a big believer in that. Like we were either going to win or we we're going to lose. Um, now, when the Royals, then they won in New York. And I'll never forget it. It was a Halloween. Now, I'm a huge Royals fan. Huge. Mm-hmm. That was the most bittersweet moment in my in the history of fandom for me. I was not excited that we won. I was like swearing i'm not happy because even though my team won a i would have liked to have actually watched that occur and let's be realistic that's a significant amount of money like yeah. i mean it's and it was real it was in my life it wasn't just like oh you had season tickets you had the tickets you had the tickets dude, to sell we had dozens of them. yeah i mean dozens of them and then here's the thing is game six and seven and we hadn't won the prior year so in game one and two we didn't do well like people they were saving their money for those games, the oh. game one and two of of the World Series were only mildly profitable for us. They certainly didn't create the windfall that we had seen in the year before. Right, because that was the first though. Everybody wanted to be there. They didn't. Want, now you get greedy when your team starts winning. And you mentioned winning in New York, and and I still go back and forth on that all the time. Like. I was there, so it was great for me. I got to experience all that, but the fans didn't get to experience. All well, good that, for you, Bob. Right? The fans, <laughs> the fans did not get to experience that. But, but the thing is, then you're making a deal with the devil. You, you throw that game, then you come back, and what if you lose two, and you had the opportunity to win it there? You know, like th- that's how the team mentality is for all of that. But I said for the Super Bowl to a lot of people, I said the AFC Championship game is where you want to be. That's what you want to be part of because yeah. that's where the fans are. Well, and that's where I spent my money. I mentioned I, you know, and I and I, I did. I paid after all the fees and and 
shit. It was, I paid 1500 bucks. I was five rows behind the chief's bench. Mm-hmm. Now I was there when the Colts won the AFC championship and made it to the Super Bowl. And I had remembered that they had set up that stage on the 35 yard line on that side of the field. And when I saw those tickets, at the, I, I was at the 35 yard line, five rows behind the chief's bench. I was like dead like right in front of that. And I was right on about That's that. Awesome. Yeah. And I was super cool with that. You know, uh, Jill and I, we had a great time. Like it was just, you know, and, and I'm not a super fanfare kind of guy. Like I didn't go to the parade. I didn't go to the Royals parade. I just don't like that kind of chaos. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't me with my pants off up the tree. I uh, did that in my own, at my own yard. Right. And I didn't go to jail. That's good. Yeah. Did you ride a horse and smoke weed too and go to jail? <laughs> yes. Okay. That's, that's called Wednesday. For right. Me. Yeah. <laughs> for that guy too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> back to host city economics. So um, $14 million is the cost to the city that hosts the Super Bowl. Uh, the $4 million is what the Dolphins receive for the use of the stadium. That seems like nothing, right? Interesting. Yeah. Now, each player, there's, there's a, it's a very socialist payout. For the players, mm-hmm. I was, you know, my dad and I were talking about. It. He said, "What do you think these guys get paid for being in the Super Bowl?" It was like 125 grand. It's not a person. lot, yeah. Which, by the way, if you have 50 people on a team, that means that the team as a whole collectively got paid one million dollars more than the Dolphins got paid to let them rent the stadium. Correct. Think about that. Yeah. Wow. It's it's a it's a it's a great deal for the NFL. Let's just you know put <laughs> no, it that no way, shit. right? It's a great it's, deal. That's for like the about NFL. a step above NCAA athletics. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, yeah. the NCAA is a bigger scam than 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 this is. But I mean, you, fourteen million dollars the cost of the host city by the time you pay police and buses and you know all the kind of road closures and things that you 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 have to do to host one of these big events. It's a very very expensive event to host, but it brings so many people into town and so many people are spending money. And in a city in Miami where everything is. Tw- twice the cost of that it is in Kansas City they made a pretty good penny that week well it, it listed here it says there's a 500 million dollar plus estimated positive economic impact for Miami so you spend 14 to make 500 yeah you'll do that every single day so in the the ha- did you see about the halftime show the uh similar sort of thing the uh, J Lo and Shakira, they don't make any money at all for doing the halftime show. They no, they, they get the free. publicity. They yeah. get the free. free yeah. Well, that's been a pay to play and they, thing yep. in the past. But now, they talk I, about like their streaming and all that stuff and how much money they make doing concerts and all that go up. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, the article I read was talking about previous artists <laughs> and then like, you know, the, the, the years after like Katy Perry and stuff like that, how much money they made per day at concerts goes up, all that stuff. T- typically, the, the halftime performers announce a tour. Yes. Um, now that, ha- now, so you talk J-Lo's about con- going on tour, but is she? I think so. So, but typically that's announced like within days she after. She was in residency in Vegas, but I think it's over. Okay. Okay. Well, um, all right. See, so what else do we have here? The NFL and host committees claim that the Super Bowl brings between 300 to 500 million to host cities. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of proved that. Ec- economists estimate the big game brings in closer to 130 million. But it depends on who you talk to. There was some clown down there in Miami that was going around saying, we're not making any money off of this and this is a bad deal and nobody should host the Super Bowl. And I'm like, you're so wrong. Like, people don't factor in the residual impact that the Super Bowl has. I was down there for eight, nine, 10 days, whatever it was in Miami. And I got to do a lot of things in Miami that I said, man, I'd love to have my wife here for this. And we like to go away President's Day weekend. We're going to Los Angeles for a couple of days this year. But next year, 
Maybe we go to Miami because I had that experience down in Miami where otherwise I wouldn't go. Like I wouldn't, like my sister lived there. I went there a couple of times when she was there, but I, Miami's a young city. I'm in my forties now. Right. But now after the experience that I had, I'm like, I take my wife back here, stay at a hotel, eat meals, and you help the economy that way. So it's not direct impact on that Tuesday, but a year later or two years later, because you had such a great time when you were there and you yeah. go back on your own dime. Like that's what people don't figure out and don't realize the impact that it could have on so many people that were there for work related. And then they bring their family back or their wife back and spend time down there. That's because of the Super Bowl. Absolutely. So a couple of things related to the affordability this year, the average ticket went for 7,438 bucks. Um, Matt, how many people ask you if you're going to Miami? Oh, several. I had a bunch. I mean, everybody I, just assumed I was going to go. It's me too. Huge amount. Of people ask and they're like, well, why aren't you going? And I literally said, I don't think I can justify paying $15,000 for two tickets to a football game. I it's, mean, or buy a car. Yeah. I mean, but that's like, you I can mean, buy a car. Yeah, that's yeah, true. You put it like that. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, that's a new car for a lot of brands. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so 75% of the ticket supply is controlled by the NFL. Um, by the way, the other 25% is con- pretty much controlled by sponsors. Mm-hmm. So the uh, tickets for the Super Bowl never go on sale to the public. There's a small lottery. For there's the, a small lottery. Uh, and it's, Chiefs ticket. Well, uh, there's a small lottery for the Super Bowl itself, and that's probably so they can say that some of well, it goes on. we made some available. It's yeah. usually 1% of the venue. Yeah. So in this case, that would have been like like 700 tickets yeah. at best. And then you can imagine how many. It's probably like trying to win a master's badge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like a million people like put in and no, nobody gets it. But at least with the NCAA, they tell you like during the Final Four, that was the time to enter for next year's Final Four. And you yeah. Know, like, like you don't, when, where do yeah. you enter the NFL lottery for the Super Bowl? Have it's, you ever seen a place? It, no, it's probably like somewhere on the NFL website written in small print, like under the terms of right. use for the website, yeah. like something goofy. Um, so we mentioned that that 75% of the ticket supply is controlled by the NFL. Those are primarily dished out to sponsors mm-hmm. and other people. So you look at like four, um, as a huge sponsor or whomever, and they will give those people, they, they get allotments for tickets and a lot of stuff like that. So pretty much if you get, uh, you get a ticket that it came from someone else getting comped. Right. So then that's the next question. So we'll ask you, Bob, if you had two, so you got, let's just theoretically say you got two tickets, right. you can have 15 K cash, straight cash, mm-hmm. or you can go and go watch the game in a bar. Or you can go to the game. What would you have chosen? Who's playing? Chiefs. Chiefs are playing. Yeah, this year. I, I'd bring my wife and I'd go with her. Okay. Yeah. Right. So because no, two reasons. Number one, she's such a huge Chiefs fan. I would not sell tickets to the Super Bowl with the Chiefs being in it that I got for nothing, where she could go and experience that game because she loves it that much. And number two, I'd be afraid like I'd get caught and busted, you know, and lose <laughs> everything for for doing something like that because that happened for a while in the NFL. You remember the guys like Mike Tyson whatnot selling their tickets and how that really trickled down and 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 they got in trouble for that kind of stuff. When so I, I'm kind of a wimp. When I lived in Indianapolis, I got a call on the day of the game from a friend of mine and let's just put, I won't name him, but a well-known person from ESPN had tickets at the 40 yard line, four of them and was looking to move them. What could we get for them? And I was like, I don't have time for that. I didn't really, I don't like run around on the street and sell tickets, Mm -hmm. but yeah. So, I mean, there was like, anyway, those would have been significantly priced. Well, it's like when I went to the world series um, for for the Royals, I had season tickets that year. And they legitimately looked 
you know, at my family members and said, look, we're, we can go to this game or we can sell them for $8,000. Yeah. So the, well, I mean, literally, we went to the game. Of course. Yeah. I mean, you, we had that conversation. I'm yeah. like, it's $8,000. Now we didn't pay $8,000. That's what resale was. We right. had that same. So it was like, oh my now God. imagine you own a ticket brokerage. So in 2014, we had 48 season tickets to yeah. the Royals and all, um, 38 of which were behind the dugouts in the lower level in the first 10, 15 rows. So, and you know, people are asking like people as a ticket, t- being a ticket broker is annoying because you, it's probably anybody asking about tickets is annoying. I hate Yeah. It. Yeah. Oh. By the way, we used to just tell people like, you need to go buy them on StubHub or do something else. Cause people go, what do you got? I'm like, I have nothing. It's a 40,000 seats. I've got a few of them. But you get these people coming out of the woodwork and they want a deal and you're like, you know, I, I don't have anything. And then they think you're a dick, but have you ever um, seen somebody come out of woodwork before though? Yeah. People in that case, that you have, yeah. yeah. In that case, they probably did. Literally. They were, they were coming out. Of, well, they felt like they're coming from every direction. You but, hear from people you haven't heard from in years about stuff right. like this. When stuff like this goes down, Hey, do you, do you have any tickets? I, I, do I look like Ticketmaster? No. So, but, but with that, we, you know, being a Royals fan, I wasn't going to skip out on it, but we were looking at things. So the, the parking passes that we had that were in the premium lot were like selling for like 300 bucks a piece. And I asked Jill, my, in 2014, my wife was pregnant. I was like, I will give you $300 cash if you're willing to walk 300 yards or we can use the parking pass, your choice. She's like, yeah, I need the exercise. Yeah. You know, so like, you know, just goofy stuff like that. But the tickets that we used that year, uh, well, we had, uh, I would say the average selling price of the lower level seat that we had in 2014 was over $3,000 net to us. And the face value on them, I think was 400 bucks. What was it in 2015? Uh, not much. Not Cause much. we only got game one and two. I mean, we still made money on those, but the, the big, the thing was, is everyone was waiting for game six. What about game seven in 2014? What was that like? Was big. That, that was huge, right? Big, yeah. big. And you know, Is like your I, biggest event ever. They were all big. Yeah. No, actually, game six. Game six. Yeah, because well, because you, you didn't know if there was going to be a game seven, and yeah. you also don't. And those are back to back days, and you don't want to be. You know, I didn't want to have those tickets on game day because yeah. we were we were going to go ourselves. So, but I mean, we had already honestly we had already made so much money. I think we made about two fifty, three hundred grand off the playoffs that year. What about the wild card game? What was that like? Uh, it was okay. I mean, it was like you know, like just okay i mean it's maybe you could get in for like i mean for like 150 bucks a ticket yeah. where we were sitting behind the dugouts and those were maybe like 65 dollar tickets yeah, like they were cheap yeah they and they jacked the price up um the wild card game was was definitely dude that whole year was was exciting and then the next year honestly it was pretty flat it was so that back-to-back effect people were like ah okay so we're back cool but i think they were really all banking their money i mm-hmm. think a lot of people too is like there's a finite amount of, of money in the local economy for spending a no shitload doubt. of money on tickets yeah and it's a lot well you look at one of the hot topics that comes up in kansas city so we've got a couple sports teams like well why can't we get an nba team or a hockey team because any local market has a finite amount of of you know extra cash well, and i didn't go to the afc championship game this year because mentally i told myself well i went last year and you know whatever oh, yeah and- but this was this was a, this is the one to be at this so, year so when, and it was going to be cold yeah. so when when the ravens lost and i was like yes oh shit because i knew it was going to cost me yeah. a couple grand i was like yeah. ah. all right but all right. but i i think you know 
you, you mentioned that third team or fourth team, I guess, when you consider Sporting Kansas City into the mix as well. People ask about it all the time. They're like, I think we need an NBA or NHL team. I'm like, well, number one, the Sprint Center has no interest in having a team. And number two, where are we going to get the money to support that team? Because yeah. when the Royals were winning in 14 and 15, everybody spent their money there and the Chiefs suffered. Well, and now that the Chiefs are winning, the Royals are suffering. And the the Jayhawks might as well be an NBA team around here. Yeah. And, and you got people that give their money to Kate. Not, not as much anymore. Since the Royals and Chiefs started winning the college stuff in this town has pretty much become non-existent. I couldn't tell you the last time I turned on a college basketball game and hmm. watched that uh, because of what the Royals and Chiefs have, have really meant to the city and the way that they brought everybody together. But but I, and colleges just divide everybody. People fight over the colleges all the time. But the the, the e- economic impact of having that third team, I don't think that that next team or that fourth team would do well in this town. And somebody would suffer because of it, because there just isn't enough, number one, corporations here and enough discretionary income to support another team in this town. And and there's another part of that too. So, okay, this year was the uh, in the first year in my life that the Chiefs made it to the Super Bowl, which is a driving factor. Now, if X hockey team, if it's especially if it's an expansion team, well, they're going to suck for a while. Yeah. You don't have that longevity. That's part of why the Chargers are struggling they weren't even doing that great in San Diego. And then you put them in a new market and people are like, eh. Yeah. Like, are you going to go think about your, your own self Tuesday night, February 12th, snowing and a hockey team's got a game at sprint center. Are oh. you going, so we're going to one next Tuesday. Actually. We are. Yeah. <laughs> that's are us. Going? That's us on Tuesday. <laughs> Who are the they? Mavericks. Oh, the Mavericks. Yeah. yeah. Mavericks. <laughs> next <Yeah>. Tuesday. <laughs> but are you going to, are you going to get yourself out of the house on a Tuesday night in the winter time when the weather's bad to go watch a team that's won 10 games and we're already into February. We, we got a suite for free. So yes, for that we will. Yes. yes. But yes. are you paying for money to go see that? No, no. Same thing with an actually, NBA we, team. I'm going to invite you if you want, because I, ha- I'm not I, available. I didn't night. even have enough people that were ready to go with us but but all right see think about an nba team it's a tuesday night and it's the kansas city whoever's and they're 13 and 37 and the charlotte hornets are coming to town do you have any interest no. in rolling down no. no and so that's why i know sprint center has no interest in no. having a team i had uh well in indiana we had the pacers and uh as a ticket broker we were a big account for the detroit pistons one year and i'll tell you what like you those tuesday games against charlotte yeah and no or memphis or like whomever like uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Toronto, Toronto before they before were good, yeah. you know, and, Minnesota. And, and I mean, it was like, you, there's like nobody there, right? Nobody. No one's good. All right. So at least it's not like a baseball game where the weather's nice and you go sit outside, you know, you can say oh, the weather's good. We'll go out there. We, Bob, there's, there's a new tradition here that I think you're going to fully love and embrace. And maybe we'll even encourage you to start doing this on your own show. Okay. But now on each episode of Startup Hustle, we play mixtape the game okay i have drawn a card from the mixtape deck which you can also now download the mixtape app for ios and android by the way today's episode of startup hustles brought to you by (laughs) fullscale.io i got that right 45 minutes in um but i'm gonna read a scenario we're all gonna name a song and then we're gonna vote for the winner you cannot vote for yourself okay what song would you have played while defending the alamo you got to fight for your right to party. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with Kung Fu fighting. That's great. Uh, I'm going to go with Queen and We Are the Champions because of the Chiefs. I'm voting for Bob. I'm voting for Matt. Oh, which way? Which one? I'm not oh. saying. Ah, <laughs> damn it. Another loophole. I'm voting for the other Matt. Yeah. I like yours. I like it. Kung you Fu are? <laughs> You're yeah, vote- I'm going to vote for you. Yes. Yes. You win. So yeah. I guess you get one and a half votes. 
well, uh, well, as long uh, in America, that might be enough to win most elections, right? Yeah, Isn't that how true. it works? Yeah. Like, so at, wait, do I have enough votes or we should let it be decided by the electoral college. Now, Bob, um, we do now have a money gun as well. And one of the things that the winner of mixtape gets to do is fire it, but I'm kind of like champion uh, all the time. So I'm going to let you shoot the golden Supreme money gun. Who do I shoot it at? at Watson. If you don't mind. Ah! Oh, it actually shoots money. That's fantastic. I had no idea cash was going to fly out. And there you go. I love it. Can <laughs> I keep money. all the money that's falling near me? If you feel comfortable enough touching it. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. All right. You didn't expect money to come. No, out? I had no idea what was going to come out of the gun. Yeah. That's awesome. Does the red one shoot money too? Uh, when we put money in it, I need to get one of these guns. I told you what every podcast needs. Where is did props, you buy this? Right? Is this Amazon? I'm I'm almost certain that that is uh, a, that is a counterfeit <laughs> supreme money gun. <laughs> I mean the the sticker that the I had to put on legit. the side of it. It's a legit and then sticker. if you open it up and look at it, it is really uh, just a if you can even get it open. Yep, stuck. You it, it, it is actually someone took a red supreme money gun and painted it gold. So yeah, but the gold shoes is it? That well, that's kind of where the gold came from. Yeah, you get it. All right. So you did mention fighting for your right to party, uh-huh. um, and I want to close this episode out by talking about the Super Bowl party in general because that is uh, an American uh, tradition. It's a big deal. So twenty-seven percent of Americans plan to attend a Super Bowl party. That seems small. It does. Now, by the way, I didn't. I we, I had my dad over, but I actually now if another team was playing, I might have been down for a Super Bowl party. But mm-hmm. like, kind of as a Chiefs fan, I kind of just wanted to like be. I wanted to feel undistracted and focused on the game. So many people felt the same way. Yeah. my wife stayed at home with the kids. I was obviously in Miami. I talked to some folks today. They're like, "We're not changing our routine. We've done the same thing every game for years. We're not having a party." A lot We're of superstitious people. Well, yeah. When you haven't won it in fifty we, years, we had a party, and uh, one of like the basically like my aunt and the family came, and she was talking about the AFC championship or like the the Texans game we were losing or whatever, and. She went to somebody's house and we were losing. She left and then they won and whatever. And um, But she came over and when we were losing, we were down by 10. She left my house. She's like, I'm going back home to put on my pajamas and watch the game with my cat. And like, because that is that. And we it should, worked. Should, we should thank her. <laughs> yeah. But we, we had a party you. and it was a great time. If you would like to thank Matt's, at, Matt's aunt, please reach yes. out to Matt. You mm-hmm. can find him a number of different <laughs> places. Facebook, LinkedIn. The out startup hustle podcast cat. Instagram, yes. yeah. What, what kind of uh, what kind of food did you have? Uh, we had chili. Okay, we That's made fair. chili and of course had some wings and nice. we actually had some Filipino style chicken adobo wings. Which were well, let's talk about that for a second because my dad brought over barbecue. Uh-huh. I would be willing to bet the Kansas City barbecue joints had a oh, record geez. takeout probably. Yeah, yeah. I had so, to have. so at Jack Stack, which is our favorite, um, they had a tent outside and you had to call in. He had to go pick it up at 11 a.m. Like, and they closed the restaurant at four. Oh, Why? Wow. They Everybody to, wants to watch the they game. They couldn't get yeah. anybody to work is yeah, what right. I would what I would guess. So he had they literally had to do a scheduled pickup. Like he called yeah. the day before and I told him, I said, You might want to I've wanna, done that before. It's like you might want to call before. And he did. And he's like, Yeah, they told me I had to come at eleven. And there was a guy behind me in line that had an eleven thirty pickup and they made him wait. 
like they had to get that shit down to a science, but it makes sense, yeah, you sure know? Does. So I would be willing to bet that that was a record day. Um, now the average Super Bowl party had 17 people. Wasn't that about how many people you had? It is about what we had. That's yeah. pretty good. Wow. You yeah. nailed it. Uh, congratulations. I, I find, so for part of the game, I was sitting upstairs with my fiance and we were watching the game and the chiefs, you know, do something like, okay, yeah, cool. That's great. But then when you're like a whole bunch of people and everybody cheers, you know, it's all different experience. And yeah. it, it's fun to have a big party. I, I was, uh, it was fun because we watched it with our kids. Now at the end, when we were really sealing it up, I was screaming and jumping oh, up and down. And my of... daughter was like, I want to jump up and down oh, too. Yeah. And my, I mean, my kids very much know how to scream go chiefs. Yeah. And they, I mean, they, and we were encouraging them a lot to yeah. do that. Sure. And then. Um, after we won, oh yeah, we shot off fireworks along with the uh, the entire rest of my neighborhood. Oh yeah. Well, some dude died from shooting them off. I heard. Oh jeez. Yeah, well, that's you know that's yeah. on you. I mean, twenty nine hundred people in Africa died last year due to hippopotamus attacks. So wow. thing, yeah, things happen. Yeah. Do you so, know in two thousand eighteen there were more injuries due to pizza than in any other year ever? How do you get a pizza injury? Well, people were people. Here's here's one. One woman lost her tongue ring by by a piece of pizza pulling it out of her mouth. She got injured that way. People burning the top of their mouth, falling with the pizza boxes, or walking up the stairs, cutting themselves with the pizza slicer. Wow! wow. I'll tell you what, man. pizza's dangerous. I know. Mm-hmm. I've I mean I've been saying that for years, but Bob, you really drove that point home. <laughs> I did, yeah. um, so these are the th- the facts about the Super Bowl parties that I think are entertaining. So fifty two percent of Americans think that Super Bowl Monday, the day after, should be a national holiday. I I, I yes and no. Like in my line of work, I got to go in anyway. So I'm I don't, like, I don't get that. that. But, I don't understand. Uh, you know, I I do. So. You know, in general, people don't, quote, party a lot. And I think that as you get older, uh, all right, if you have a few drinks tonight, uh, it's not the same as when you were 25. Oh, God, no. I can't even drink during the weekend. Right. My point exactly. So I think people, uh, it's kind of like New Year's Eve when you see people out and you're like, wow, you're schnockered. It's because you think you can handle a little more than you can. Yeah. I think you just wake up feeling like crap a little bit the next day. And also the game's what over at like nine ten. That see on the East Coast, my God, it yeah. starts at six thirty, wasn't over to like ten o'clock. It's such a late start. Yeah. See, what I think they should do, if anything, is put it on a Saturday. I, you know, and that's something that's come up and I don't disagree with you. I but think it's such that, a big party night for everybody in the NFL down there. Saturday yeah. NFL honors and all this kind of stuff. But I, I think instead of having and that then Monday it wouldn't off, be Super Bowl Sunday, right? It would be Super Bowl Saturday. But still, I, I think putting it on Saturday and giving everybody Sunday to recover, I think, is a better option than having it and then having a holiday on Monday. Unless you wanted to line it up where it aligned with President's Day weekend, and then everybody would have that Monday off anyway. Well, people that oh, have, well, we, I don't get that idea. day off. Well, you talk to the owner of the company and tell him you need it off. He's an asshole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> His yeah, name, Matt's an his asshole. name's Matt. Yeah, yeah Matt's an asshole. <laughs> so, seventy-two percent of H- HR managers surveyed agreed with the next day being a holiday, and the reason is, is and this is my favorite stat: one out of ten people call in sick. That a seems like a small seven. number. Yeah, but that if that was of people that if we have four hundred million, that's forty million people. Yeah. I mean, that's one out of 10. Does We mentioned earlier a different stat that doesn't sound like a lot, but you scale that up to, yeah. to a huge yeah, pool, like true. 40 million people. Like that is what, how, what are, is that three New Yorks? Yeah. Like the entire city? No, four, like you're talking three million people wouldn't go to work. One no. percent of three. 
One out of 10, dude. One out yeah, of there's 10. 300 That's... million people in the United States. One out of 10 of them would be 30 million people. Yeah. Oh, one out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 10%. Yeah, but there's more than 300 yeah, 30, million. 30 plus million. Yeah. So you're right. You have 350 million people, yeah, and right. then there's a bunch of people that we don't count. This has been a, still an, an odd week of business, though, because I've talked to a couple of business owners. Like, there's, there's nobody coming in this week. <laughs> like, Monday, nobody showed up to, to do business. Wednesday, obviously, nobody showed up to do business because of the parade. And now it's yeah. Friday. Yeah. And, and, you know, that was part of it. And Bob and I were talking about that on the way in, like just the whole business cycle has been weird, especially around here. The, the, uh, uh, Christmas and New Year's Day were positioned in weird days of the week. And then locally we had a lot of fanfare and excitement. Like there was a Super Bowl parade here on the Wednesday after. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and then on top of that, and after that, I hosted an event at the Sprint Center for Post Malone, which was also sold oh, out, God. which Pat, Pat Mahomes was there. Yeah. He was having a good time. Um, a few stats as we as we round out this episode. And Bob, thanks again for coming in. This you has bet. been fun. Uh, $1.3 billion was spent on beer and cider on Super Bowl Sunday. 90% more beer is consumed on Super Bowl Sunday than any average day. Yeah, wow. $597 million on wine, $503 million on liquor. Jeez. 1.4 billion wings will be consumed. Oh, yeah. yeah. I consume some. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot of wings, man. That's like there was a wing shortage a couple of years ago where people were panicking that they weren't going to be able to get their wings for the Super Bowl. So <laughs> I think they had some like chicken illness. I would imagine if you're a chicken, Super Bowl Sunday is definitely sucks. it sucks, <laughs> man. Like that's like you're not like that's the worst day of yeah. the, that week. You're like, oh man, I get this killed. This not, week. I love you. I chicken. love you, honey. We had a good run here, but you know. my wings. Um. 10 million pounds of ribs, mm. 1 million pounds of which were consumed at my house. Mm-hmm. Um, one point, 11 point. Do you feel bad about eating a whole slab? No. 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 Because, okay. well, I always order one because I'll eat and then I have, I have fourth meal ribs uh-huh. and then you have breakfast ribs. Right. So, yeah, it's a 24-hour cycle on that. Okay. Is that, do you? No, I, I, I was down in Miami and we went to a, a, a Chinese restaurant and they had like great spare ribs and I ate the whole slab. I'm like, is that, is that okay? Yes. Okay. That's yes. What I thought. It's normal. In my case, you don't grow this big without eating the whole slab. <laughs> so, um, 11.2 million pounds of chips and 8 million pounds of guacamole. Um, I will point out that the, o- the only time uh, of the year that I ever see an ad for avocados is the Super Bowl yeah. commercial. It's yeah. always my yeah. favorite part of Radio yeah. Row when certain celebrity, and it depends on who it is each year, is pushing the avocados from Mexico. And they go around, don't forget to get the avocado. We didn't get that guy this year because you know we were actually talking football this year. So we had Boomer talk about hummus. Hummus. Hmm. Doesn't I'm going to stick right. to the guacamole. doesn't feel right. Now, I've been on the keto diet. I actually decided that I gave myself a reprieve. I'm like, I'm eating some of this stuff. Got to. We had We had Super Bowl cupcakes and stuff like that. And you I told, can't deprive yourself. I, know my wife, my, I told my wife, I'm like, you want to put those out in front of me and like put the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and all that? Watson, why are you, why are you stacking up all that money? That's Bob's. It goes back in the gun for the next guest. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, hey, Bob, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having um, me. It's I, fun. I, we like to do a thing that we call the founders freestyle on the way out. It's a quick wrap up. Um, and it really just gives us an opportunity to, to, do you have any, would you, do you have any closing arguments, sir? I do not. No, I'm, I'm good. I think I used all my arguments up. Yeah. What about you, sir? Go chiefs. Okay. I like it. It's a good one. I, in the end, I, I think that I, on the way out, I just like to say, I, I think that 
it's just so exciting to have winning going on in your city. I think it's invigorating, not only for the economy. I think it just kind of helps the overall demeanor. You know, like there's just something cool about having something exciting going on in your hometown. It's, it's uh, really creates a sense of, uh, it's like a pride of ownership. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I know that doesn't do a whole lot to give. So, so find a way to get your team to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Is that, is that but take advantage of it when they do or when they win the World Series because there's nothing better than having that winning team in town. Is it too late for Patrick Mahomes to run for president? No. no He's still got a chance. He might win. Hell, he would win. He would win. Yeah. People love him. Anyway, speaking of running for president, I'm going to get back to work. See you guys next Damn. time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle. Startup Hustle.